The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads. You've got the H-Track all-wheel drive so you can take on those dirt trails and kick up some mud. Or the third-row seating gets your whole family in to experience the thrill together. The dual wireless charging pads make sure that no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead cell phone. Think about those adventurous activities you can do, like me taking a ski trip up with the family, maybe going on a camping expedition, anything and everything. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Hey there, it's Gary Parish. It's Saturday, March 20th, 2021. Welcome back to the CBS Sports Ion College Basketball Podcast, where we sometimes discuss camel fighting, dodo birds, and leaky black. Matt Norlander is here with me. And when I say it's Saturday, I mean it is technically Saturday, but it's essentially uh, late Friday night. It is at this moment 12.58 a.m. Eastern. I've been on CBS Sports Network all day. Norlander has been on CBS Sports HQ all day. Now that we're done and all of Friday's games are done, we decided to get together, talk through the first full day of the 2021 NCAA tournament for a few minutes. And what a day it was. We had a 15 over a 2. We had a 13 over a 4. We had a 12 over a 5. We had an 11 over a 6. We had a 10 over a 7. We had a 9 over an 8. There were 16 games played. The higher-seeded teams only went 10 and 6. Both number one seeds cruised. Three of the 16 games went to overtime. Madness indeed, dead leg. Before we get too specific, let me ask you this. How much fun was the first full day of the 2021 NCAA tournament? Just wonderful to have this event back in our lives. As expected, no huge surprise, just just fan-freaking-tastic to get back into this kind of groove here. Well, like We're in different spots, so I'm at home. God bless my wife and children. I tried to get my older son into it for a little bit. He's just not feeling it yet. He's five years old. That's fine. We did bracket picks earlier in the day. Uh, he did. He did have Oral Roberts in North Texas winning, by the way. So good on, good on my older son there. But he he's not yet. Uh, he he knows like what college basketball is and what I got to do. But he was he was definitely like I want to go play outside. Good on him. Um, so I was sequestered to my office for pretty much the entire afternoon and evening and uh, ordering pizza because. My deep dish is not yet here. It is ordered, and I, I had way. it shipped. I had it shipped to your home, but it, I didn't have it shipped to Matt Norlander. It is, it is legit, hand on my heart. It's been shipped to Deadleg Norlander. If this has caused any sort of delay in shipping, it's going to be a problem. It's going to be hell to pay. Hopefully it arrives by tomorrow, but I, I downed some pizza tonight, so I'm like, ah, now i gotta, I got to wait and savor this. I don't know what I'm going to do. But anyway, that was like, I waited until 5 o'clock, and I was like, let's just see if it gets here. No, no shot. I, it is ordered. I sent you the confirmation. It, 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 it's ordered. So, like, your five-year-old is not really into it. My four-year-old will actually watch it. Uh, my wife and my middle guy are out of town right now, um, just sort of taking a spring break vacation, and I'm in New York. So my, my youngest son is staying with my mom, his grandmother. So I FaceTimed him earlier, and I was like, so what, what, what are you guys watching? And my mom said, we're watching Colorado State Buffalo. 
I'm like, Mom, you got you got you got my little guy watching the NIT. <laughs> was it like at least get him at least get him on an NCAA tournament game? Amazing. She's like, this Colorado State Buffalo game is pretty good. Oh, that's fantastic! It was a wonderful listen. It, uh, just great to have it back. Uh, when Florida Virginia Tech went to overtime, that was definitely a like, oh, this just feels incredible to have it back. On the whole, I'd grade the day. As like a B plus, uh, just super, you know, amazing to have this experience back. Not exactly thrilled about the state of my bracket. I just am in trouble at this point. It's, Do you know what you went? Like there's 16 games. Do you know what your record, not against the spread, but just like how many did you get right? How many did you get wrong? Um. Uh, well, I'm not, I'm looking at our expert page right now. So those picks uh, straight up match our bracket picks. So I'm nine and eleven overall. That includes the first four. You're thirteen and seven overall. You're in a much much better spot than me. I went six and ten on Friday in first round games. Six and ten. That's awful. It I mean, is, that's actually awful. It, it, it's truly horrendous. I'm aware. Like, I tried to, I tried to have a little bit of danger with some Winthrop, living life by the throp. That dropped on me. That was not good. So yeah, I'm, I'm reeling. And I gotta, I gotta hope for a huge Saturday recovery. And I'm not, do, I'm never doing this again, Parish. Like, I was a little reticent to pick too many double digits. I kind of went, I kind of steered into your lane here because I wasn't sure. I don't know, just the circumstances surrounding the tournament, if we might have fewer upsets and, you know, there aren't the crowds there to get behind the underdogs and all that. Screw that. That's ne- I'm just never doing that again. And I'm never picking against Syracuse as a double-digit seed in the first round again. It's never happening again. I've learned my lesson. I, I cannot keep doing this to myself. So I, I love the day. Who cares about my bracket? I, it's actually way more fun once it's out the window, and it's practically out the window at this point. We'll see about tomorrow. But, uh, but I enjoyed myself, and I can't wait to get to round two tomorrow. Yeah, and first round games played on Friday. I went eleven and five straight up. I don't know against the spread, but my bracket has eleven correct answers from Friday and five incorrect ones. Let's get into the actual game. So both number one seeds, uh, Baylor and Illinois, just absolutely cruised. The Bears beat Hartford by twenty four. The Illini beat Drexel by 29. So I don't think we need to spend much time on them. But we do need to spend some time on the Scott Drew coaching tree and on my little homie from Memphis. And we're going to do that next. But first, check this out. Are you looking for a new basketball shoe? If so, this is Gary Parrish here to tell you that the New Balance 2-Way V4 features the groundbreaking use of fuel cell technology with fresh foam creating the ultimate combination of rebound and cushioning. Every step feels explosive and dynamic, and the upper construction features a lightweight textile that's supportive and breathable. So whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the 2-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the 2-Way at newbalance.com. Did you know that while over 60% of Americans dream of starting their own business, less than 20% of them take the first step? The reason? Building a business is tough. Taylor Brands is simplifying the business journey. From launching and managing to growing your business, Taylor Brands isn't just another tool. It's your online business partner from launch to success. With Taylor Brands, building your dream business becomes an effortless experience. Their comprehensive platform guides you through every step, ensuring you have everything you need in one place. From LLC formation to bookkeeping, invoicing to acquiring licenses and permits, and even setting up your bank account, Taylor Brands handles it all seamlessly. 
and our listeners will receive 35% off Taylor Brands LLC formation plans using our link, taylorbrands.com slash CBS Sports. That's T-A-I-L-O-R-B-R-A-N-D-S dot com slash CBS Sports. So start your business journey today with Taylor Brands. So the story of the first full day of the NCAA tournament was the upsets. The biggest was 15th-seeded Oral Roberts over second-seeded Ohio State. Shouts to ORU coach Paul Mills. He's a former Baylor assistant. The second biggest was 14th-seeded North Texas over third-seeded Purdue. Shouts to UNT coach Grant McCaslin. He's a former Baylor assistant. Deadleg, how awesome of a day was it for the Scott Drew coaching tree? And how about... My little homie from Memphis, Javion Hamlet, 24 points, 12 rebounds, five assists for the Mean Green. Big night for the Whitehaven High graduate. And as you know, Whitehaven High is located on Elvis Presley Boulevard. Shouts to Rick Ross, the biggest boss. I I did text briefly with Grant McCaslin, North Texas coach, after the win when they had gotten back to the hotel. They're actually scouting in real time uh, because normally in a tournament setting, you get to stay in the venue and your assistants go ahead and scout. That wasn't the case. So they were watching Villanova Winthrop before it was over and uh, and getting that done. And I said, you know, uh, who would have guessed this situation? And he goes, Javion Hamlet would have. But it's a blast all the same. Javion Hamlet is not short on confidence. He had a post game presser, which is worth going and finding if you haven't uh, if you don't, haven't heard it. I have not pulled the audio. It's too late. You'll find it if not. You'll see it on on Saturday morning before the tournament games. He's like, don't ever tell me what I can't do. Like, don't ever doubt me. He is. He seems to be. Memphis baller personified, which is wonderful. And North Texas, by the way, continues to represent Conference USA extremely well. I mean, this league, uh, it, it can it continues to to show itself well in the first round of the tournament. It's the um, you had you know UAB in 2015 got a win when it was I think a 14 seed. Everyone remembers when Middle Tennessee and Giddy Potts 15 seed, which was the most recent 15 over two until Friday GP. They won out of CUSA in 2016, uh, did it again the next year when they were on the 12 line. Marshall was a 13 three years ago. It got it, and now North Texas here. Uh, Conference USA, uh, it, it's not nearly what it used to be, but it continues to be a problem in the first round. Tuck that away for next year. Uh, thrilled for the Mean Green uh, getting this done, and Javion Hamlet just absolutely being tremendous knocking off a Purdue team that you know is a good team will be good again next year and and Purdue just didn't they missed like their first nine shots in overtime uh completely shut them down there so uh big time stuff there and then real quick and then I'll just hand the floor over to you um Oral Roberts winning the way it did with Paul Mills former Baylor assistant listen they've got two this is what I love man like Max Asmus was a stud at the mid-major level the entire season okay but no one really know anything about him. And often, really, the leading scorer in college basketball when it comes from a mid-major program, like, they don't always do amazing things in the tournament, you know, have amazing professional careers. He is the truth. And between him and, and Kevin O'Banner, who had 30 points, and I think Aceman's had 29, I just love, win or lose, when you get these small schools that get on this stage and the guys that have been doing it for the past three and a half months, they do it again. And that's what we had there. And in the process... Baylor wins. You have McCaslin at North Texas and Paul Mills at Oral Roberts. They were both assistants at Baylor when Baylor got knocked out by Georgia State and Yale Parish. They were on the bench with Baylor 
and subject to those huge upsets. Now the roles are reversed for them, and they have helped their former uh, boss in the process because they just knocked out number two Ohio State and number four Purdue in Baylor's region. I just thought that was a fascinating plot line there, and I'm sure those three uh, at minimum have had a have have had a interesting and celebratory group text going on. Uh, plenty of cool plot lines that uh, you know unfurled in the South on Friday. How is it possible Scott Drew's coaching tree is 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 having a better go at it than Mike Krzyzewski's coaching tree? Yeah, and we don't need to get too up, but yeah, included like, you know, Steve Wojciechowski getting fired out of the blue on Friday. It is it is wild, Parisons. Yeah, a huge, huge day for uh, for Scott Drew and his former assistants. The, and the fact that they're all in the same region, though, is, it's kind of freaky there. Yeah, I went and pulled up like the 2015-16 Baylor coaching staff and tweeted a picture of it, and it's Scott Drew, Grant McCaslin, Paul Mills, and Jerome Tang. By the way, like it's somebody give Jerome Tang a job for crying out loud. Got to happen. This this like, this should be the year. We'll see. But people have been saying this for a couple of years. It, it, it's time. Let's go. He's like the Eric Bieniemy of college basketball at this point. Like every white super successful offensive coordinator gets a head coaching job. But not Eric Bieniemy. Similarly, Scott Drew's assistants get jobs, and they appear to be killing it at those jobs. But Jerome Tang is still in Waco. I'm not necessarily saying it's wrong. I'm just saying it's noticeable. Mm-hmm. When you tweet the picture, it, it's noticeable. So we'll see if that gets resolved after this season is is over. Uh, the Ohio State Oral Roberts thing was interesting because, man, Ohio State had every opportunity to actually win that game. And they just could not win the game. Dwayne Washington Jr., did you see the shot at the end of regulation? I did. What's he doing? I don't know. So it's it's tied. I don't know. It's tied. Shot clock off. And by the way, he finishes 7 of 21 from the field, 3 of 12 from 3. So it's not like he had it going. But, boy, he was getting his shots up. So it's tied at the end of regulation. Ohio State's got the ball. Shot clock's off. So, and, and he's got, you know, in excess of 10 seconds uh, left on the on the game clock. Million things he can do. In, in fact, like uh, um, Chris Holtman was asked in post game, like, so what was the idea on that last play in regulation? And he's not just going to trash his player, but he was like, you know, we we wanted we wanted Dwayne to to get downhill and get going downhill and get to his left hand and basically attack attack. You've got time. Um, you 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 have the ability uh, attack the rim. Instead. He just dribbles, 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 step back three in a tie game at the end of regulation. Like the only reason you should be taking a step back three in that moment is if you're down three, you're down three, or you're James Harden or Damian Lillard. Uh, he's neither of those things. He was tied, and he's not Damian Lillard, and he's not James Harden. So just a, a, a totally ridiculous shot. And then we get to overtime, and they really then they they are down three, at, at, you know, and and time running down. They get a, they launch a three contested tough shot, but they get the offensive rebound and then it gets kicked right out to Dwayne Washington, top of the key. He catches it in rhythm, I mean, and just misses it. You got to yeah. make that shot. I mean, you got to make that shot. And then I couldn't help but notice he puts his head in his jersey, and all you see is a covered up head inside a jersey. And the word Washington on the back, it looked mm. very familiar. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that and that miss. I mean, Ohio State between the misses from the foul line for Oral Roberts and just all the opportunities. And this was a team that Ohio State, which you know, it thrived in those kind of opportunities the entire season. And it just congrats to Oral Roberts, four seed out of the Summit League, getting this done. 
And, you know, some people thought, and I did pick them to cover and all that stuff, but, like, they thought that could be an interestingly competitive game. You know, but no, I don't have... I know people out there picked Oral Roberts over Ohio State, but I'm talking about people, you know, employed to, to put out a bracket. I didn't see one person pick Oral Roberts over Ohio State, and that's why this tournament's amazing there, and that's a big time. Uh, that's a big time win. It's the, it's the program's first NCAA tournament win in 40 seven years. North Texas got his first period. Oral Roberts in 47 years. We'll get to the other two in just a second that ended their long, long, long droughts. But that's all the noise we could have asked for. You get a 15 over a two and you get uh, a quality four t- uh, 13 over four. It's now the eighth time in the past 11 NCAA tournaments that at least one thirteen has beaten a four seed. North Texas comes through. And Ohio State closes its season going three and six in its final game nine games um you know they had that four game losing streak right at the end of the regular season they had not been and then they put together a three game winning streak so like you know let's let's acknowledge that what's fair is fair but you know i identified it as a problem many months ago too little too little undeniable today although i mean it was more than just that but yeah um you know, I, I I think I think you kind of pushed back on me on HQ when I was like Ohio State just doesn't have a Final Four ceiling, and I, I definitely spoke it in absolutes. You're like I I won't go in absolutes like Norlander. No, I was absolute. This is the one <laughs> thing I had. Give this to me. I got six games right straight up on Friday. I have to take this one. Well, you the, the reason you don't speak in absolutes and why I was hesitant to do it is because of exactly what happened today. Like if we would if we would have said, "Oh, so Norlander, what kind of shot do you give Oral Roberts against Ohio State?" What would you have said then? I would say there's a, there's a slight shot. I would and not have been absolute, I swear. I would have given them a little bit of a shot. I just I you, didn't think Ohio State had a final four ceiling. That's all. Would you would you have would you have pointed out the Ohio the Buckeyes are little? Yes, little. I actually have on multiple occasions on HQ. <laughs> by the way, <laughs> you have now taken too little to HQ, and I've taken Bill Henderson to CBS Sports I absolutely uh, ne- network. Um, and and then like the Dwayne Washington thing at the end of regulation, you know, at this point it is what it is, but it'll haunt him because if you do what Chris Holtman wanted him to do, like if you attack the rim, like if you shoot that step back three, there's really only two possible outcomes either goes in or it misses and you go to overtime it goes in and you win and it misses and you go to overtime and considering the difficulty of the shot considering he's not James Harden or Damian Lillard probably not going in so you're probably going to overtime that's what we've got if you attack lots of good things could happen a you could get a higher percentage shot and make it a B, you could get a higher percentage shot and miss it, but then get an offensive rebound, stick it back in. You could get fouled, and then you only need to make one free throw to win the game. Just that shot, and it wasn't like you know, like hectic, frantic situation. He had time. He had he had the ball, cross half court, shot clock off, more than ten seconds to play. It, the ball was in his hands, and and I just it's not that he failed to make the shot as much as he felt to do what what was obviously to anybody the smart thing to do. Instead, he did about the worst thing you could do, which is take an, an unnecessary, difficult three-point shot. And then in overtime, things just got a, got away from him uh, uh, a little bit. We should note Kyle Young didn't play in the game, and, and that matters, doesn't it? I mean, of course yes. it matters. Yeah, I th- actually, I said on HQ, if Kyle Young was in the game, I actually thought they would have won. Like, if he was available fully, they would have won. But he wasn't, and they didn't. So the other results beside the two biggest upsets and the one-seed blowouts were as follows. Wisconsin pounded North Carolina. Leaky Black has been eliminated from the NCAA tournament. Moment of silence. 
Villanova beat Winthrop despite the absence of Colin Gillespie. Texas Tech got past Utah State with little problems. Arkansas struggled with Colgate, but but pulled away late and even covered. Florida beat Virginia Tech in overtime after messing up a foul-up three situation. Loyola Chicago beat Georgia Tech by double digits. Oregon State blew out Tennessee. Oklahoma State beat Liberty despite a poor game from Cade Cunningham. Syracuse blasted San Diego State. West Virginia got past Moorhead State. Rutgers beat Clemson. And Houston destroyed Cleveland State. Dead leg, take it wherever you want to take it. And if you want to start by apologizing to Chris Beard, that might be that might be proper. I picked against Chris Beard in the first round. Don't think I'm ever going to do that again. So I'm he's not. never lost in the first round. Yeah, and he's now ten and three in NCAA tournament games. Yeah, that's that was my B. That was uh, got a little over my skis there. So again, lesson learned. Learned to learn a lot of lessons <laughs> here. Here's what I got for across the board. Um, I didn't realize this until his post-game interview, but uh, Rutgers getting into the tournament first time in 30 years and then winning its tournament, uh, winning a tournament game for the first time in 38 years was awesome. So Oregon State wins for the first time in 39 years, and then Rutgers gets its first tournament win in 38 years. That stuff is awesome to see. What I had forgotten about was the fact that Rutgers was playing in Bankers Life Fieldhouse, which is the same spot a year ago where its season abruptly ended. So they got to come full circle and really have some catharsis with with this kind of win. I think they get the tournament win. They get back after they were surely going to be in last season. Good on Rutgers. Clemson folded weirdly late. Uh, they move on. Excited to see them against Houston. How about this stat? Credit to Brian Fisher, who I saw tweeted it. Um, Rick Barnes has now lost to every single seed, 1 through 12, in his coaching career. He's lost to 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, and 12 seeds. Oregon State, my goodness. Congrats to Wayne Tinkle and crew. That is a wonderful win. But Rick Barnes continues to have serious problems in the NCAA tournament. Uh, you know, he is, uh, I mean, he's he's... He's been to the NCAA tournament 25 times, and 18 of those 25 times he has not gotten to the Sweet 16. So that is, uh, that's not ideal for a Tennessee team that uh, the GP was quite high on in the preseason and failed to live up to expectations. Oregon State, by the way, going back to the Pac-12 tournament, they have won four straight elimination games. Cool, cool story. You mentioned Rich, Rick Barnes. I don't know if you saw his post game, but one of the things he noted is that you know, this season has been difficult. Like, I'm not going to lie to you about it. It's been a difficult season. And he said that one of the reasons people attached high expectations to us was based on, and you and I have talked about this before here. You might've got it from us. He said it was based on John Fulkerson coming back and playing the way he played in those last three weeks of, of the season last season. Like if that's the John Fulkerson that Tennessee has in this season, and then Eves Pons is back, and then the five-star freshmen are terrific. Well, boy, the Vols could be great. That's why they were predicted to be SEC champs. And he said it as nicely as he could say it, but but what he said more or less was, Fulkerson just wasn't good. You know, he was he was he was disappointing. And then of course he wasn't even available for the NCAA tournament uh, because of that blow he took in, in the game against Florida. So I really do think it comes down to that. Like you know, Tennessee. There were a lot of teams who were good last season, and they brought 
pieces back, and they were really good this season. Tennessee never fell under that umbrella. Tennessee wasn't good last season. They were just they, they were they were going to miss the NCAA tournament. But if you bring back that John Fulkerson and the five star freshmen are great, well now you got something that could win the SEC. But here's the problem: Fulkerson wasn't what he was last season, and the five star freshmen weren't great, and the offense struggled. I mean, that's been the key all season. Just they can't score. And they were 33.3% from the field in this one, 19.2% from three. They only got 56 points against an Oregon State team that ranks 118th in defensive efficiency. You just can't do that. But if you do, then you can go home. It's tr- it's troublesome. Um, I want to give a shout-out to Texas schools. They're 5-0. and Baylor, Texas Tech, Texas Southern, Houston, and North Texas all have won. Abilene Christian and Texas play on on uh, on Saturday there. So a loss is inevitable because they play each other. But Texas is off to a really, really good start overall. Um, Buddy Beheim, GP, he has been an All-American in the past 10 games. Here are his point totals. This has kind of gone a little overlooked at Syracuse. We focus more on whether or not they should be in the tournament. Since February 20th, 29 points, 21, 12, 26, 17, 27, 31, and he had 30 on Friday, including 7 of 10 from three-point range. He annihilated San Diego State. So I'm, 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 I'm really intrigued by the Syracuse-West Virginia game, how they attempt to stop Buddy Beheim, who's become one of the 20 best players in college basketball in the past month. He has really blossomed in a significant way. It's not just him, but he is the engine there. And Syracuse getting that win the way it did, I mean, it was just perish. I'm like, we're like 15 minutes in this game. I'm like, you absolute dumbass. Like, what are you doing picking San Diego State? Like, it was so clear once the game started. I was like, you did it to yourself. That's what really hurts. Like, you did it to yourself again. Syracuse fans, uh, I know you're not surprised. Eight and two record now for uh, for Syracuse. Um, when they are a double-digit seed in the NCAA tournament, an 8-2 and two record. That's the best in history. I'm sitting over here as somebody who picked Syracuse to advance. You're looking good. Um, I remember being at, like, grassroots events when Buddy Bayham was playing. So when he was in high school, and people were like, yeah, like, he's going to go to a Patriot League school. And I was like, and I watched him. Now, I want to be clear. I never thought he was going to be Syracuse's best player. But I was like, he seems better than Patriot League level. I didn't know he seemed like he's going to lead the ACC in scoring in the postseason. I didn't expect that. But he always seemed better to me than what, when I watched him play, than, than what most, I don't know, uh, than what most people said about him. So it, it's it's really nice to, to see him blossom into this. And again, to be clear, I didn't expect this. I thought he could be a rotation player at Syracuse. I didn't think he could be the best player at Syracuse. But he's the best player at Syracuse right now. And that's a cool story. Like Jim Beheim being 76 years old, coaching his son, who's awesome, <laughs> is pretty terrific. It's wild, man. It's wild. A couple more quick thoughts here. Uh, credit to uh, Denver Parlor, the SID for Florida. He tweeted out this note, and it's a hell of a note. Uh, Florida beats Virginia Tech in the first game of the day. That was a that was just a wonderful way to start the day, of course, getting some bonus basketball there. We had three OT games uh, on Saturday, right? I think it was, or three so far in the tournament there. No, on three, Friday. On Friday, yeah. It's that Saturday now. Like, you know, we're, we're, we're just, we're on Trust field. me, I under, trust me, I understand. On a, on an earlier podcast this week, I had the date wrong. I said it's Tuesday, I mean. we're, something, we're, something. It was just wrong. wrong. Time, time, <laughs> time is all a construct. It's all good. Uh, but how about Colin Castleton? He had 19 points, 13 rebounds, three blocks, two assists. The only other players in the past 25 years to do that in a tournament game, 
Paul Pierce, Tim Duncan, Nick Collison did it three times. He was an amazing college player. Doesn't quite get his due all these years later. Kevin Love, Juwan Johnson, and Zion Williamson. Add Colin Castleton to that list, who had a just fabulous block. Uh, Florida, by nature of its win, and what Oral Roberts did, Florida is now going to, as a program, have played a 15 seed three times in the past nine years. It got Norfolk State in 2012. It got Dunk City in 2013. And now it's going to get Oral Roberts. And by the way, anybody who ever argues against the transfer waiver again, like I submit Colin Castleton as exhibit A. Like I get so fed up with people acting like if you let transfers play without sitting out a year, it'll ruin college basketball. No, it won't. It's just something, it's something dumb that people say. Most, most basketball players are where they want to be. And they pick a school at a, at a high school and they are where they want to be. The majority of the transfers fall into two categories. A, they want to go somewhere where they can get more playing time. They're not playing enough where they're at, and they want to go to a place where they can play more because you only get to do this for four years, in theory. And, or, or B, the other, the other category is they, they're at a low major or mid-major level because that's the best offer they could get at a, high, at a high school, and they've been awesome, and now they have opportunities to play at the high major level, and they want to take advantage of that. And I don't know how anybody could intelligently argue against either one of those things. Kids who don't play, young people who don't play, wanting to play more, and young people who didn't have high major opportunities at a high school now wanting to take advantage of high major opportunities. That's not a bad thing. And Colin Castleton is a great example. Last season, he was at Michigan. He played 7.9 minutes per game. He averaged 3.1 points. He wanted to go somewhere where he could play. So he picked Florida, and he just scored 19 points, grabbed 14 rebounds in an NCAA tournament win. That's exhibit A for the transfer waiver rule should be passed ASAP. My last thought on the, uh, on the first round from Friday was that Roy Williams and an amazing streak finally came to an end. He was 29-0 and in his career in the first round. Carolina, as a program, hadn't lost since Harold Show Arsenal and Weber State did him in uh, 22 years ago. But they got dropped, and they got dropped heavy. Uh, Leaky Black is out of this tournament. Roy Williams now 29-1. and one. Uh, This is going to be the first time since 79 we will not have a Sweet 16 with UNC, Duke, or Kentucky. Uh, Carolina was the only one, obviously, who could do that. Wisconsin, how about those Badgers? How, uh, th- that was a rope-a-dope on, on the entire nation. Paris. Yeah, they 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 just they were just like whatever all season, just like totally whatever, and then the NCAA tournament comes as like let's go blow North Carolina out. <laughs> it's just <laughs> like what? What are you doing? Where was this team for the past two months? Like, like, like I'm not exaggerating. I don't think I'm exaggerating. They've done nothing like that all season long. I don't. I I mean they they beat Loyola by 14 in mid December, and it's possible they could have done it then, but. This was I. I, felt- I mean, I'm looking at it now. They didn't beat any of the great big, supposedly great. I don't know how great they were anymore. But uh, the the quote unquote great Big Ten teams, they didn't beat any of them. They beat Loyola Chicago before we knew Loyola Chicago was awesome. They did nothing like that. Was they? There is nothing in the in the twenty nine. Is, is that right? Twenty nine games in the twenty. Yes, all, they played twenty nine games. Yes. That's a, that seems like a lot of games. It, it is a lot of games, but that's how many they play. <laughs> them dudes, them dudes were playing a lot. So, uh, so they 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 played twenty nine games before today, and there was nothing in there 
that suggests they're about to go beat North Carolina by 23 on a neutral court. But that is what they did. Syracuse and Wisconsin, in my opinion, were the two teams. And you, if you want to make the case for certainly like an Oral Roberts or North Texas, you could. But uh, Wisconsin-Syracuse were the big teams that I thought uh, saved their best performance of the entire season for Friday. So well done there. Um, I have one thought well, on the by first. By the way, by oh, the way, ahead, did, you, did you actually know th- the, it was a thing that Roy Williams had never lost a first-round NCAA tournament game? Yes. I don't know why I didn't know that. I don't. I don't think that's ever been brought to me before. I usually like know those things. I, I've heard them a million times. I heard. I saw somebody tweet that today, and I was like, I went and double checked it because I was like, that can't, that can't be right. That, that dude's been a head coach since 1988. Yep. He's been in 30 NCAA tournaments now, 29 before this year, and he had never lost a first round game. Like that. That's incredible. That's phenomenal, man. It really is. It and it takes losing. The, for the first time, for people to really like take notice and appreciate it, but but no doubt, I have a thought like on the, the first. Like, four I, before, I feel like after yeah. the game yeah. was over, like some some woman tweeted me. This is before I saw this stat, mm-hmm. or right after I saw this stat, and this woman like tweeted me, and she was like, "Oh, same old Roy Williams," and I'm like, "What? Same? <laughs> it, this is like the it, this is same old Roy Williams. He like he's been a head coach since 1988, and what happened today is something that had never happened to him." Like same old Roy Williams. What are you talking? About? I was gonna retweet it, and I was like, "Nah, I ain't trying to get into it's a like, thing where I'm talking down to a woman. Like I ain't trying to get caught up in that situation on the first op- real day of the NCAA tournament." So I just left it alone. But I found it baffling. Uh, I have a thought on the first four, but before, before that's my last thought for the pod here. But anything else to you from Friday that you want to touch on? Uh, no, I, I mean I, I think we touched on on some of the bigger things. I mean I, I thought Arkansas Colgate was interesting because. You know, Colgate was up 14 on them, and and then I don't I don't know how much of that game you watched, but you know Connor Vanover is the starting center at Arkansas, seven foot three, uh, and he averages 17 minutes a game, and and Musk just took him off the court. He played four minutes. They just went small, and, and it worked. Justin Smith got 29 points, 13 rebounds, five steals. Oh, by the way, he's an Indiana transfer. Think he could have helped. Mm-hmm. The Hoosiers this season, you think it could have helped? I mean, like th- th- that whole thing could be different right now if Justin Smith just stays at Indiana. So I don't know, just something that popped in my head while I was watching it. Uh, so Musk going uh, small was was big, and Arkansas closed that game on a twenty-seven to ten run. They trailed by fourteen in the first half. They won the game by seventeen. And Norland, I don't know if you're going to know this, but now they're just one win away from getting back to the Sweet Sixteen for the first time since nineteen ninety-six. I, I am aware of this. That's right. Jot that down in your notes so you'll remember that. I got you. I got you. Um, very fun day. Let's let's a couple things on the first four real quick. First of all, our credit to our uh, our chief college basketball editor Marcus Nelson for bringing this amazing McCronin quote to my attention. I didn't see the video on this, but they played Mackey. They beat they beat Michigan State, and they're gonna go on and play Saturday, of course. But the benches are, like, really spread out. As to be expected, <laughs> Corona goes, when you go to put a guy in the game and the game is at Purdue, they went a little in excess in the social distancing with the benches. I'm trying to put Dave Singleton in the game, and he's in the fifth row. <laughs> <laughs> Mick Cronin, who, by the way, appears to be wearing the same size mask my five-year-old wears. Did you pick up on that? 
He's a little guy. He is. A, he is a. He is a little guy. There's. There's no doubt about it. Um, congrats on UCLA on winning, and also congrats to the HBCU conferences, the MIAC and SWAC, uh, in sending Norfolk State and Texas Southern into the first round. They have made history. It is the first time that both a MIAC and SWAC schools have won a game in the same NCAA tournament. That's a cool story. Oh, by the way, that's actually conference changing and program changing because by nature of getting the wins you get in still play tournament units those are money it is millions it will be more than a million dollars to that conference over the next few years so that's big stuff here's my thought though um i I tweeted about this i just after seeing the first four happen the way that it did we can't go back and i know that the next year and the year after and the year after it's all at dayton and they probably aren't going to change it so fine whatever if we got to sit through three four more years of this whatever once it's up you agree? We have to have this thing on this on the same night. The first four was the best it has ever been. Yes, it's helped by the fact that the games are close, but it has more of a you're actually in the tournament feel. Not not to mention that this year specifically, it's because everyone's in the same spot. So the teams that even lost in their first four games, they got that true tournament experience there. But I don't care. Put have Dayton host two games in perpetuity, and then the other side gets to rotate every year. Put it at Hinkle. Put it at the Palestra. Put it anywhere else. Just rotate that other one. Dayton can still have hosting duties. What are we doing here? I can't believe... It's just one of those things that once we got to a parish, I was like, why did it take a decade for us to realize that clearly putting all of these four games on the same night is a way better product? And, oh, by the way, it was the highest-rated first four in history. Yeah, okay. Um, I agree with you, but only for this reason. I, I don't need two nights of the first four. All right, so just put it all on one night and let me let me relax on Tuesday. Uh, so th- th- I st- that's why I'm for it. First, now the counter argument to what you're saying is this. And first off, uh, the reason that uh, ratings were the highest ever the games were on TBS instead of True TV. Well, they were on that's both. The, they were on both. True TV had the 16s and TBS had the at larges. Yeah, and TBS having back to back real at large teams, it seemed to be the trick. The other issue. If I were trying to argue against this, let's say I'm not. I want a one-night first four. Actually, I want no first four. I want a zero-night first four. I'm with you. Give us 64 and let's go, but I know. That's right, but, but if we got to have a first four, I'd rather have one night than two. Here's the counter-argument, though. Okay, cool. Nobody watched the 16 seeds. Nobody watched the HBCUs. The HBCUs made history, and nobody watched those games. Because they were going head to head, they were going head to head with with real at large teams. So nobody watched the games. You know, you got Drake, Wichita State. I promise you, ninety percent of the televisions that were on were on that. And then you've got UCLA, Michigan State, and I promise you, ninety five percent of the televisions that were on were on that. Yeah, but when when one game is at halftime, you go to the other. It just gives you a reason. It, it also gives you a reason to flip over to another one as opposed to the 16 seeds on that every Tuesday, Wednesday being the first that, that tip off at 6-10 and no one's there on time, and then you're not really paying attention to it anyway. I think it just drags in a little bit more of an audience there because you also got the two-screen thing going. So it's, a, it's just a slight argument in favor of that. I don't know if they'll ever do it. I hope they really consider it, though. It felt like, and this is also like our first tournament action in two years, so I thought that played into it as well. You ready to go to bed? It's one thirty-five. Yeah, we can wrap this up. This we wanted to get this out and to people in advance of uh, of the second half of the first round get going. So yeah, we can we can bail out. Shouts to Devin Downey. Shouts to Chester, South Carolina. Shouts to Terry MF and Teagle. He's a legend. Legend. Shouts to Larnell. Thank you guys once again for listening to the Ion College Basketball Podcast. Middle of the dumbest pandemic of my lifetime, making me have to get tested every other day. Every other day before I go to work. 
even though I'm fully vaccinated. That's what this dumb pandemic has caused. Not a big deal. It only takes like five minutes, but still. I never seen one like this. If you're not subscribed, please go subscribe anywhere you subscribe to podcasts, including Apple Podcasts. We'd appreciate it. And understand, we are going to talk to you again tomorrow night after all the games are over. And Sunday night after all the games are over. And Monday night after all the games are over. We'll be doing this every night. I hope the games get over a little earlier going forward. If I could, ch- I'm, I'm happy to let them do whatever they want to with the first four. If they can wrap this thing up on a daily basis a little bit earlier, but whatever. Minor complaint because it was an awesome day. Again, we'll be back tomorrow night. Late, late, late. Till then, take care. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.